0: Job! Let's go! Look at me, Damian! Blackest die.
1: Hey, Eric. Hey. As the stinger says, it's his blade job. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna try something new um eric i'm steve as always we have a big show i don't want to spend too much time uh what do you getting into the whole rigmarole of it i know we have a lot to talk about eric wait. we do eric.
2: it's it's gonna be a it's a it's a loaded show for uh for 316 day first for stone cold
1: is this gonna be out around um, 316
2: yeah oh. it's people are listening God. to this on you know before they
1: before 316. It's almost like it's intentional that we recorded this at this time. It makes <laughs> sense now, but in my head, I'm like, is this going to be a thing? My God.
2: It's awesome that 316 is always the day before St. Paddy's Day, too, so you can kind of just ease your way into a, a a two-day bender if you want to. Dude, I never know when them. that is. Is Is that
1: is it the same day every year, March 17th? Yeah. You can tell I'm not a big you know a big st patrick's guy I just never cared that much which is probably goes against what this show's all about but
2: honestly i use 316 as a reference point for it <laughs> well now i'm and going I just to know it's the next day <laughs> <laughs> now i'm going
1: to for sure it's like so. it's like it's like easter like i think someone said oh easter's coming up and i'm like well i don't know God. when that is it the end of april is the beginning of april i never know i think it's the beginning i
2: never know when easter is <laughs> who cares, um, right? it, yeah that's something to do with the moon? Is that right? Or is it something to do with uh, uh,
1: leap year? I don't know. But... Leap year? Don't even get me started on leap year. Hey, I'm going to crack open my beer. This is a big episode. We need to crack open a beer for this Yeah, one. of
2: course. It's F and it's 316, so you, might, you guys at
1: home should be cracking one too.
2: I feel like mine was not a good crack. Hold on. Did you even
1: hear that on your own? I did hear it a little bit. Let's see if you can do this one. Here we go. Uh, i don't know if that's could... much better nice okay this is a founders all day ipa by the way it's kind of a standard this is a blue
2: light i you know steve i i really made an effort about two weeks ago i was trying to find the stone cold ipa Ooh. and i was gonna have some surprise uh sent to you and sent to me oh
1: that would be nice um
2: Apparently, I mean, I guess I, I I kind of had assumed this or I had heard of this, but yeah, you can't you can't uh, ship beer over state lines.
1: You know that makes something. sense. In hindsight, I, I would not um, have thought about that, but that makes sense.
2: Yeah, and apparently Michigan has like super strict law. I, so I I looked into this and I ended up looking into like Michigan beer laws and because we have so many breweries here, Michigan kind of has like uh, almost like embargoes on other states shipping beer in (laughs) to to promote our beer okay that makes sense i mean that's
1: to me that's like a good thing right like it's a good way to show off that we have the most beer which i guess is pretty cool
2: but uh, but maybe next year for the stone cold episode um we i found there's there's one liquor store in toledo that's the closest one to my house
1: wow interesting um so speaking of beer I, this this is I, this is off the cuff here but i was on reddit and someone I, this is a sub i think it's called deep into youtube where it's you know people find like youtube accounts that no one really knows about but it has like interesting things right and uh this one led me to this guy named rampant lion reviews spelled how it all is all one word and he's a guy i'm kind of like advertising him i'm happy to do it but like he's <laughs> been he's been like he'll He's a European guy, I don't remember, I think like Scotland or something like that, but he puts up like 30 minute beer reviews of like a beer each video, and he's done like hundreds of them, and he never gets like almost any views. Um, Well, how's he getting them? That's my question. How is he getting what, the views? Or the beers? The beer!
2: I'm saying I just tried to buy some... Uh, beer in the united states and couldn't get it how's he getting it all the
1: way over in scotland i don't know but he has i mean it's a lot of it's like european beer but he's been to places in grand oh. rapids he's been to like founders and all lot like he gets them from oh, okay. he gets them all over the place and his, his videos are really good and i'm like you know it's funny because of course you can like find the video that was on like the reddit post and you can see like comments and it's like yo, know, that one's got thousands more than usual because it kind of <laughs> led people to it and that's how i discovered it when I mean, he makes great videos like i've you know i've commented on his stuff i'm like man So rampant lion reviews. I want to like kind of shout out that guy because I just like his. Shout him,
2: yeah. Add him to the list of uh, you know uh, the eventual um, guests that we'll have on the show. He's just a really cool guy. Plus his
1: accent's incredible. But like, I just I'm like, how is this guy like not? Because he's got hundreds and hundreds. I mean, this one right here. I'm looking at it right now on YouTube. Beer review number two thousand seven hundred and forty nine. I don't know what the. I, I guess it must be all the beers, right? I mean. That's a shit ton. I mean, they all look yeah, good, and he could probably. You, my favorite thing. I'm going off on a tangent. <clears throat> my favorite <laughs> okay. new thing about YouTube is how they have like chapters in the timeline, right? Mm-hmm. So you can like go to a certain mm-hmm. one, and he could use those, right? Like uh, put one for like right when he pours, put a section right when he tastes it, because it can take a while. But yeah. I'm just like, damn, that is nice. it's cool though. If you, yeah,
2: if if you're just there
1: to watch pours, yeah.
2: Um, that you can just do that. Or if you're just there to watch the reviews, you, you can do that. Yeah, that is nice. But he's,
1: like, very knowledgeable with beards, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, this guy should be, like, famous. Like, he should be way – the only problem is his, <laughs> like, his microphone, he could definitely upgrade his equipment. But I feel like if he were to get more views, he would do that. But I'll have to, but maybe in the show notes, we'll, like, put, like, a, his thing. Because, I mean, he doesn't know me at all. I just saw – I'm like, how is this guy – which is – I'm
2: starting to question that now. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have stake in his <laughs> right, business. Okay. Right. No, I just I mean, that's kind of why he was in that sub deep into YouTube, right? And that's kind of the whole point of it, but I was just shocked. So anyway, rampant lion reviews, all one word. I'm gonna keep I've subscribed to him. I'm like this guy's kick ass. So anyway, that's uh, Well
2: speaking of kick ass um decent movie. Segway in here segue in here. Um into uh We're we're talking about stone I mean, obviously we're talking about Stone Cold today. But we are talking about the Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Bret the Hitman Hart, WrestleMania 13 submission match. And you're thinking, I mean, most of you who are wrestling fans are probably like, you know, oh, this, okay, yeah, this is like a super famous match, yada, yada, yada. But those of you who don't know are probably like, what? Submission match? Like, how is this going to be bloody? This is like, these guys are going to be putting leg locks on each other and stuff. Like, this isn't going to be bloody. Uh, boy, you wait. Because this is this is potentially maybe the one of the most famous blade jobs ever, and we'll get into it wow. by, okay
1: but, all right
2: um, yeah we're're we're, we're getting we're doing some deep dives today we're getting into the whole early history of Stone Cold Steve Austin and the WWF okay talking ringmaster talking all of that.
1: Which is good because I'm really not that knowledgeable and stone cold. I mean, I know, you know, he's kind of like a household name. Like, I'm not going to say he's like the Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. of it, but he's, you know, he's, everyone knows who Steve Austin is. So, but beyond that, I I don't know a whole lot. So,
2: probably the biggest star of the 90s. Sure. You know, right. Um, I wonder, we're doing a deep dive. Like, even he's tried, even
1: he's tried to dive into acting. Yeah, he did like the, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's done a little bit of acting.
2: Condemned. He's done some, he did like a Steven Seagal movie, I believe. (laughs)
1: Didn't quite have the success oh. of his other cohorts, but hey, I mean... No. I don't know if he needed it. It is crazy, you know, though. kind of... But you think it's kind of crazy just, like, how big... I mean, granted, like, Dave Bautista and The Rock and all them and mm-hmm. Giants, you know, you know, they're obviously, like, they're more, like, you know, personalities and brands than other ones. But, like, it's just crazy to me how those three have become, like, megastars, right? Yeah. It's crazy. The Rock, in particular, right? The Rock, is, in um, particular, which is funny because like um, I much Audubon. prefer, like I, like I like The Rock. I like him as an actor, like, but I much prefer the movies that like, um, you know, uh, John Cena uh, does. John Cena does. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's peacemaker <laughs> on DC. It's awesome. It looks awesome. Um, and then yeah, and oh, then yeah, Dave Bautista just like works with all these like auteurs. It's amazing. So like I like mm-hmm. their careers better, but you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson puts butts in seats. It's nuts. Hey, but good for him. It, obviously. He does. Like,
2: well, you want to give us some updates on what you've been watching? You've been you've been a busy boy, Steve.
1: Well, yeah, we're doing these watch parties, and it's kind of fun. I mean, they're not like super, you know, they popular, which is you know, I don't you know, I don't expect it to, of course. It's just you know, we're getting we're new at this, but uh, I, I it's good times, you know. And I've been working out some audio and visual kinks. Well, not visual because that's complicated. Setting up a watch party is needlessly complicated on Twitch, but I think I figured it out now, so like we're good. Um, But, like, when I was watching The Vast of Night, which, by the way, I got to say, I'm three for three when it comes to, like, really good movies that I liked a lot more than I was expecting. You dug it? Um, I dug all three that I did. But The Vast of Night, mm-hmm. I think friend of the show, Devin Green, came in, and I think he mentioned that, like, you could hear me, like, on top of, like, you could hear me twice. So there was, like, second audio whenever I would say something. So I fixed that pretty quickly, which is good. So I think it was much better for Hansel and Gretel and Black Death, which were all three. Okay. Fucking awesome, man. Like I, The Vast of Night was probably my favorite of the three. I was just very surprised okay. by how good that movie is. Like The production... Because it takes place in like the 50s. It's kind of like a knock of like... Not a knock, but like an homage to kind of like 50s alien invasion movies, but it's a lot more restrained, Gosh, no. a lot more low-key, and it's fucking fantastic. Hansel and Gretel is... Um, it's more artistic. It's not as easy to recommend, but I liked it a lot. Maybe because I was kind of like on the, you know, on the ganja, you know?
2: Uh, but it's like folk horror, right? Like it is. Oh, funky, absolutely. And it really is. Fairy tale horror. It's
1: Osgood Perkins, who I think has a good career ahead of, I mean, he's been doing, making movies for a while now, but he also had a lot to do. I believe that was him. No, I'm thinking of, uh, Corin Hardy. That's another... Uh, wh- horror-ish director that's young so I always get them mixed up but um, Oz Perkins yeah he's a good he's a talented guy and Hansel and Gretel looks stunningly gorgeous fantastic great performances in the imagery is what you go in for like the script which mm-hmm. the script might kind of be alienating to some people because it's not nearly as like straightforward it kind of reminds you of like the witch where all the all the the you know the script and dialogue is all like old folklore right you know way of speaking and That's not for everybody, but I thought it was handled very well in Hansel and Gretel, and the the imagery is incredible. Um, Yeah. And then Black Death was good. Um, that's probably my least favorite, but I still liked it quite a bit. I just like Sean Bean and watching him, you know, I mean, yeah, he dies and everything he's ever in, but like he's still a good you know a good watch, right like I, I just like yeah and he just fits so well in these kind of like old fashioned slasher, well, not not slasher in the in the in the vein of like what we do, but like literally hack and slash, you know mm-hmm. kind of um
2: sword and sorcery, thank you that
1: works, yeah, sword Arts. and sorcery, yeah. Um, low fantasy that kind of thing uh, and he's just great in it and i just that was a i was hoping it'd be a little bit more more violent than it is but you know you mm-hmm. have to remember like you and me i mean you're in my yours and my idea of what's not quite as violent as we hoped were are all very violent for other people so
2: that's true um, um yeah black death's on my list to actually it's good. watch soon because I, I didn't know it was streaming anywhere and that's one of those movies that I feel like I've mentioned on the show, because I remember watching it back in college, like 2012, 2013, probably recently after it came out, and really enjoying it, and then kind of, like, never being able to find it again. So I was excited to hear that it's streaming somewhere, because it's definitely been something I wanted to revisit, and um, I, I just have some, yeah, some cool memories of how it looked so i want to revisit it and make sure it holds up yeah it
1: does some weird kind of like visual camera tricks that i didn't love um but ov- overall though no, it's good it's got great all three of these have great production design that's like the the key of all three of them and um and i'm gonna definitely gonna continue to do these you know i mean i for black death it awesome. was very last minute but like i mean you know i'm gonna be watching these movies anyway so i like the idea of just hopping into a watch party and anybody can join um absolutely so i'm definitely going to keep doing this um, my goal is to it was always to, you know announce it the day before but like black death it was like a last minute thing but um it's just a fun thing man blade job you know twitch.tv slash blade job it's just fun i like it and it's easy to now that i have everything figured out and properly i to my knowledge um i'm definitely going to be doing this more often so
2: sweet well i um i've been watching a lot of movies, but um. My recommendations for this for this week's show or this I guess this month's show, uh, it is it's International Women's Month, so I'm saying go check out some women horror directors. Um, I was trying to like so I I did a post a couple like maybe a week ago. I was trying to find some tapes I had with women directors, and that that '80s era it was it's hard to find. I didn't have I had hardly as many as I thought I would. I think I had only like six tapes that had. Um, female directors but um there's a ton more now and uh but i mean i would definitely recommend checking out the older stuff like um you know like Catherine bigelow started in horror which with uh near dark which i've
1: never seen but it's been on my list for years everyone loves very good yeah um
2: mary lambert with pet cemetery the original you know that's a very iconic female um directed horror um, and then, you know, stuff like Roberta Finley doing, like, more, like, um, like, Corman-esque, like, exploitation horror. But, um, but the main movie I'm going to recommend is actually a newer one. Um, it's on, I think it's a Shutter exclusive. It's called The Ranger. Um, it's a slasher, uh, directed by Jen Wexler, who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So, she's that, uh, new of a director. But, um, really fun, um, kind of in-the-woods slasher Um, with kind of like a punk rock, almost green room tinge to it with, uh, with kind of these punk kids, um, on the run from, uh, from something. So, uh, yeah, definitely check out The Ranger if anybody listening is looking for, a uh, you know, a women's horror, uh, director, but, um, you know, maybe something that's not quite as well known as some of the stuff I just mentioned. Um, yeah, it's really fun, pretty bloody and, uh... Yeah, it holds up. It's got a lot of cool music in it too. So um, that's that's my little that's my little recommendation for the for the app.
1: Would you consider? Um, I know this isn't the like eighties or anything, but like, would you consider American Psycho? I, I don't consider it horror, but there is obviously like horrifying elements to it, right? Because Mary Heron, yeah, that's uh, another, yeah. Uh, you know, example, yeah, that's but.
2: another woman, yeah, um, yeah, I would consider that a horror.
1: Yeah, at least, like, a, um, you know, I, I wouldn't call it, like, a whore in the genre, but it's definitely, you can, like, you know, it's a, technically a slasher, right? I mean, you know.
2: I mean, yeah, and if we're talking about stuff like another one that's coming to my mind, I'm going to butcher their names, but it's the, um, is it the Saska Sisters? This, the Soka Sisters? I don't know. Does that sound familiar to you, Steve? I don't know. But they directed, uh, Sino Evil 2 ah, okay. with, uh, our boy Kane in it, so if you want the true... Uh, International Women's Month Blade Job crossover movie. <laughs> I think I think that could be one of them cuz you got Kane and then you got the so- Soska Soska sisters. I got to see look that
1: well, up. Well, you now. look that up, I got to tell you one great thing about the three movies that I watched on Amazon Prime. All- they're all about an hour and a half long. They're all dirt <laughs> short love it. They're not I don't think either of them are over like an hour and 40 minutes which is fantastic. Um but m- my issue with oh, man like it's of course everything about amazon prime video like navigation wise is awful so like it's so hard to find It is. it's like you know there's a trillion and a half you know horror movies that i would like to watch and if i if i see them i'll recognize them and go okay yeah that's been on my list forever but it's just so hard to find anything on the freaking prime video man i have
2: some i have some hints i'll I'll share with you after the episode offline because i i do have
1: some some uh some little cheats to how I find some stuff on there. Like I but. use just watch to like find, like if I have a movie in mind, yeah. I use just watch to look, see what it's streaming on. And even that's like, not very accurate a lot, but if I'm just like, perusing, Letterboxd does it too. Letterboxd. Um, yeah. Which I haven't yeah. used since I stopped seeing movie. The last movie I saw in theaters, uh, it was on March 8th. So I've been about a year now since I've seen a movie in theaters, which is <sighs> fucked up for me and it sucks. But yeah. luckily I'm, my goal is to get vaccinated. So I'm good to go before Black Widow and May 7th. Cause they are,
2: I got on a list today. Oh, did you really? Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I still have to wait to hear back when I'm good, but I'm at least on in the system. Oh so yeah, we'll so see. am I
1: for Meyer and Rite Aid. But I would like, because they're uh, Marvel, you know they're uh, they're sticking theatrical for for Black Widow. That's on May seventh, which normally I would have said that's way too early, but eh, these vaccines well, are killing it. So bold, yeah. Well, they're not killing it. That'd be the opposite of what they want to do, but you get the idea. <laughs> They're
2: killing the virus. They're killing the virus. Or they're killing yeah. the, um... Yeah, we're not doctors. No. But yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Clearly
1: we're
2: not. Well, uh, that's, that's a little horror... That's a little movie update there. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're about to get into the, uh... To the real meat here. Are you ready for this, Steve? I am. we're about there to... There is
1: one more horror thing i got to mention. Snorkel on. Uh, we're going deep. The last horror thing I have to mention is that I'm doing intermittent fasting now, which feels like a fucking horror movie. <laughs> um, so, it's been rough. I, I started doing the 16-8, so 16 fast window, 8-hour, uh, mm-hmm. but I've actually pushed it to 18-6. So, like, I don't eat from wow. 6, 7 p.m. to 1 p.m. the next day. Um. Which okay. Is
2: so you're eating like a, you're not eating like a you're not eating late and then you're just eating like a late lunch the next Pretty
1: day. much. I mean, I wake up in the morning of yeah. course, and I'm like fuck like I uh, I need coffee, but I don't because you can drink black coffee, which of course why mm-hmm. would anybody ever want to drink black coffee? I need oh, cream and do because you're oh. I mean, nurses and crazy people drink coffee black. So I can't really do that, but um yeah it's not bad I mean you know it really has not been nearly as bad as I thought it was gonna be but there's some times like I'd rather be you know six feet under fucking nightmare but
2: yeah I looked at up I looked into it once and I was like I'm already like low-key kind of doing that right because I would just I I would never eat breakfast I would just drink coffee all morning so I was like eat dinner at seven and then I just would eat lunch at like Twelve thirty the next day be like oh
1: i'm already like halfway there i've already pretty much <laughs> just no snacks so you know which is the brutal thing yeah no snacks like if yeah. i'm chilling at night and i've just like partaken in some substance i'll be like fuck i need so i need a treat but uh not anymore so okay anyway i'll keep up we'll to date it. on that for no reason at all. yeah keep us up <laughs> date. and i got a new keyboard the mechanical keyboard i'm upgrading you know that that twitch watch party money is just flowing in you know
2: yeah Oh yeah! No, all, thank you for everybody who listened last month. I mean, we had our best month ever. So there you go. Is, clearly, we're reaping the benefits. I mean, you take your time, Biden. We don't need that, check. We're, we're, <laughs> I mean, we're, we got we got uh, we got podcast money. I'll coming happily in over take
1: here. it. But yeah, it's, it's certainly <laughs> pennies compared to our monthly revenue on podcasts, yes. which is a whopping zero dollars. Let's talk about uh, Stone Cold, buddy. While I take another okay. big sip of the spear,
2: slug away. All right, so. Before we really get into Stone Cold, um, we're going to be talking... Let's start with just the year 1996. Um, That's where we're headed back to. Um, This is when Stone Cold first comes into the WWF. Um, If you go back in the archives... um, listen to our night to dismember episode which i know steve wants to forget ever happened <laughs> that was
1: like that was like but, what, like a second episode i mean that was uh, yeah <laughs> that was different times in the world
2: <clears throat> yeah so if you if you want to go check that out, i mean that we actually cover stone cold um in ecw in uh 1995 there but um heading into 1996 we're right in the middle of what is considered the monday night war And I know you're kind of familiar with this, Steve, where it's the two companies battling it out: WCW Mm -hmm. Nitro, yeah, thanks to you, and WWF Raw. Yeah, man. Um, So it's and it's actually uh, very, very, very kid-friendly at the time. Um, It's 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 still like really goofy characters. Um, You know, doing we got clown characters, we got a lot of like what we would consider like occupational characters, like garbage men and. Construction worker wrestlers, um, but what we're gonna start to see with the Stone Cold build here is like a real move towards edgier content. Um, and what I'm gonna play here is actually um, another example of kind of some uh, a big a big step in this progression of uh, of, of 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 a different type of wrestling. Um. So this is Bash at the Beach 1996 This is not WWF
1: Okay, what is it then? But I mean, this, it's, is, like
2: it's... this is WCW And this is the infamous Hulk Hogan heel turn Where Hulk Hogan officially becomes a bad guy
1: So Okay, heel turn
2: Hulk Hogan, you know He has all the Hulkamaniacs All the little kids Through the 80s through the early even part of the 90s and um at this this point in 1996 he completely turns that's macho man randy savage down there uh hogan's one of hogan's friends at the time and hogan completely turns on him and i think what's important here is to notice that all the kids in the crowd for this are kind of shocked but you're seeing a lot of people in the crowd to cheer so it's really kind of the first time you're seeing like people cheer bad guys, and I feel like that becomes really important in the Stone Cold storyline that we're going to be covering today, because the bad guys are cool. I mean, look at how cool these guys are. They're fucking, yeah. They're they're uh, they're um kind of you know sticking it to the um, colorful uh, kitty wrestlers of the of the late '80s. So it's a big big turn. And um, and like I said, this is a big, uh, really important part of just wrestling culture at this time. Again, you know, we talked about that ECW was huge too at this time, and that's and that's pretty much showing the most uh, most extreme, most raw type of wrestling of, of of the era. So, um, that was that actually happened um, a little bit after where we're headed now, but. I just wanted to show that as an example of the turn that wrestling was taking because when Stone Cold comes in here in uh, early January of 1996, um, he comes into this very kiddie area uh, era, and um, I'm going to play this clip here. This is him. This is Stone Cold's first debut on Monday Night Raw. This is uh, January 8th, 1996, and he's coming in as the ringmaster. Um, he's one of Ted DiBiase's... He's kind of like Ted DiBiase's million-dollar champion henchman
1: type person. But, um... How, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, I would have assumed he would have debuted much earlier than 96.
2: So he had been in WCW. He had been in ECW. But this is his first WWF debut. Okay. He,
1: looks there. he looks like he's not quite as bald, which is interesting.
2: He's definitely not as bulk. He actually has hair here. And um, I really wanted like I really wanted to play this to um, listen to the promo here, because when he gets in the ring and starts talking, it's he's a totally different Steve Austin here, and his he really hasn't found his character quite yet. But um, the Million Dollar Champion is a kind of fake title that Ted DiBiase is giving to um,
0: different wrestlers that he's kind of uh,
2: given the rub to, if you know what I mean.
0: I want to officially crown you my million-dollar champion. That's a cool belt, though. It is
1: a cool belt. I like how he's insisting on putting it on himself. <laughs> yeah, look at that hair. I mean, you know, no, so it's barely hair, but it's there. Brother,
2: Almost a flat top. He's got no goatee yet. Um, he is coming in as a heel, though.
1: That's what he's missing is the goatee. I'm like, I know he's missing yeah. something else on his head. It's the goatee, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so listen to this promo. It's way different than
0: the Stone Cold we'll get later. What does he have on
1: his fingers? Band aids? Just, just some tape. Ahead, okay.
0: Feel what it's like to be born well, a
2: champion, man. He keeps saying, like, man, which yeah. is weird for Stone Cold to
3: say. <laughs> I'm here to
1: prove every single thing I say. You can tell he's trying to find his character still, so, Or at least find who he's now, who he is, you know, in the Exactly. the pantheon. I mean, the ringmaster's
2: not the coolest name, either.
1: No. It's like a, like a Barnum and Bailey kind of thing, you know? It's like a P.T. Barnum, yeah. I should say. It's just so weird, because his voice is the exact same. Right. That's pretty recognizable, although I feel like it's a bit uh, higher right now. I don't think he's... Yeah. Well, he's definitely not yelling as much. Yeah. And
0: he's a wrestler. He'll yell enough, you know. Oh, yeah. And then I'll have every single thing that I want of the WWF. And why is that? Because everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man.
2: Okay, so that's Stone Cold. He's debuting as the ringmaster. He's the million-dollar man's kind of uh, henchman or champion there. Um, but uh, right off the... Actually, you know, before I even get into that, um, the next week after that Raw on January 8th, he actually would have his first true match in WWF, and it was actually against a very, very young Matt Hardy, which is uh, just kind of a fun little uh, note there. Uh, just back when Matt Hardy was just getting started. So, if you want to go look that up, I think it's January uh uh what would that be? Uh 15th, 1996 Raw. Go see a little Matt Hardy and uh, Stone Cold action. It's fun. But um like I said, yeah, the Ringmaster was pretty short-lived. I mean, he debuts in January, by March Stone Cold has already replaced the Ringmaster name up top.
1: Wow, okay. I was going to ask like how long it lived The answer is <laughs> not long. No, so he hated it. I but, can see um, that. This, I
2: think you're, you're going to really like this, Steve. Um, he didn't like the name at all, and he actually had asked for it to be changed, and he really wanted to be a character based off of um, murderer hitman Richard the Iceman Kloklinski. <laughs> wow. So this, right. so already this is the character that Stone Cold has in his mind. He wants to do this kind of like Iceman, um, you know, cold like uh, cold Stone Cold Killer gimmick, where he wants to be like uh, don't give a fuck and just uh, you
1: know is ruthless and lying all the time. But, um, listen, Kuklinski. I mean, you know, the dude's a piece of shit, but I think he he's more scary than anything that Steve Austin can yes. really do.
2: So um. So Steve Austin actually so he uh, he presents this to the creative team. So like at, at this time you know WWF has like this team of creatives who do like costumes and naming Some Storytellers. And theme, theme music, storyline. And so the names he gets back are just completely ridiculous. Um, here's a few of them. He gets Otto von Ruthless. I kind of like that. Ice Dagger. I don't like that. Fang McFrost.
1: That's really bad.
2: And then maybe the worst, Chili McFreeze. I kind of like it. So, again, I, mean, I think this is all playing into kind of the kiddie era that we're stuck in here. Um, these are definitely, like, names you would hear on, like, a fucking... Like, a He-Man <laughs> cartoon or something. Or, like, uh, like, Johnny Quest villain. I mean, these are, like, just, like, dumb kid names.
1: Well, it's funny how these names are all, you know, involving cold, right? Like, Ice and Ruth yeah. and McFrost and... And so now now the term Stone Cold makes more sense, you know, with context. Yes. Like, all right, that's fine. And
2: he was really going for this, um, you know, Iceman, because like, that's Kuklinski's right. nickname was Iceman. So he's going for this Iceman without being Iceman. And I think the um, the creative team really kind of missed the mark on what, what he meant by Iceman. I think they took it a little too literal. Yeah. Um, but he would eventually uh, bring the Stone Cold idea to them um, which was based off of his wife uh Jeannie who was also known as lady blossom throughout eighties wrestling that that's a whole nother story but um she was English and she would frequently use the term um you know stone cold she would say like uh oh, you know your 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 coffee's gonna get stone cold if you don't drink it you know eat eat, eat your dinner before it gets stone cold so like it was just kind of like a uh, like colloquial term that she used um and he actually like really stuck with that and ran with it. So that's when the Stone Cold actually becomes born.
1: And you know for a fact that they wanted to do Mister Freeze, but they probably couldn't. You know? <laughs> oh my God! You it. know they at least wanted to go that route. So
2: you know the story about um, Incredible Hulk and Hulk Hogan, right? No. Like they 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 worked out a deal. Marvel's involved in that some way. I, I don't know the whole details, but. Uh, Stan Lee got his money when, <laughs> when Hulk Hogan came around.
1: I like that. Um, good for good for Stan Lee. He deserves it.
2: Yeah. Um, so the name Stone Cold is starting to come around in March here. And um, the decision for Austin to kind of shave that head, shave that flat top he had, um, he's actually, he is balding quite a bit, which, you know, I feel that. Yeah. But um, he, he does the full shave, actually. He, he says after seeing Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction, and uh, I I kind of feel like Bruce Willis really kind of uh, set the wheel spinning for a lot of a lot of guys back in the 90s to shape it oh, off. Because sure. he really
1: pulled that look off good. It's crazy that I'm learning about these, like, where his, you know, I did not know, of course, that he shaved his head because of Bruce Willis and freaking Pulp Fiction.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't – and Bruce Willis had a goatee in Pulp Fiction too. I don't know if that led to uh, the goatee too, but – um. I don't know, the head shaving, uh, he said, well, if Bruce can do it, I can do it. Yeah, I mean, Bruce and, uh, Willis,
1: yeah, I, I feel like you said, I feel like he was uh, influencing a lot of dudes around this time. Yeah, yeah, because he was kind of an everyday guy. I mean, he wasn't, you well, plus know. Plus he was in Honeymooners, or not Honeymooners, Moonlighters, that's what it is. Yeah. So, so
2: okay, so now we have the Stone Cold character. He's he's being called Stone Cold. He's, he's not really being called the Ringmaster Anymore. I mean, uh, I think it's occasionally slipped out, occasionally, uh, from from time to time, but he's he's mainly being called Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I think that sometimes they would call him Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Ringmaster, which is kind of uh, just long and confusing.
1: It's long and confusing, um, but it's better than just calling him the Ringmaster, you
2: know? It's definitely better than calling him the Ringmaster. So... During this time, he's starting to get a little bit more... Um, not, I'm not, he's not getting controversial quite yet with his promos, but he's just getting that attitude that we'd, we're getting to love Stone Cold for. And um, it, it would really, really culminate at uh, the King of the Ring 1996, which is King of the Ring is pretty much like... Think of it as like a March Madness wrestling tournament. Sure. Um, it goes through the summer... And one, there's one champion at the end. Okay. Um, so, Austin actually wins this, um, and he defeats Jake the Snake Roberts, who we've covered on the show, um, 80s legend. At this time, he's kind of on his way out, and he's actually portraying a like a Christian, born-again Christian, uh, kind of like Bible-thumping preacher character. Um, I,
1: I, I want it, to say that that's weird, but with wrestling, I guess. No, it's it's weird. All right, right, I'll take your word for it. It
2: it is a little weird. It seems like, but, um, but that becomes very important because when Austin beats Jake, Jake, the snake Roberts here, um, we get the first real Austin stone cold, Steve Austin promo. And you might've heard this one, Steve. This is, this is the most, probably one of the most famous, uh, stone cold promos ever.
0: The fourth prestigious, King yeah. of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So this is after the match. Incredible victory in this promo. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Damn. Pointing to
2: Jake the Snake. Of course. makes getting oh, pulled out now. there. Yeah.
0: Don't just get him out of the ring; get him out of the WWF. Oh, because I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore.
2: See, so he's dropping the sun. That's you right. sit
0: there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Damn. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass.
2: And there we have it. Ah, uh, okay.
0: All, All right. he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. That's the bottom so line.
1: So there I'm you have it. it. That's the, the double truth.
2: That is the that's the birth of Stone Cold, Stone Cold right there. I mean, he's he's uh he's dropping all of the the Stone Cold mannerisms that we know and love. The Austin 316. The that's the bottom line. Um, I mean, he's he's like pretty much everything that takes place in that promo. He carries on for like the next five years, like that. He totally found the character finally here, and it's pretty much Austin is just looking out for Austin. Anybody in his way, be damned! You're about to get run over, and he's gonna do anything to become the champion. Um, Good for
1: him! Love the confidence. Which,
2: I, yeah, absolutely. And um, and and so at this time, like. He still kind of is a bad guy, though, which is um, hard to believe because that Austin 316 shirt that came out the day after this event... Of course it did. um, ...completely blew up. I mean, was like the number one selling shirt probably in wrestling at the time. Maybe next to the NWO shirt that Hogan was selling on the other uh, company, WCW. But um, it, so it's just starting to show you that there's these heel characters who are actually selling the most merch which is how a lot of wrestling is uh when they want to look at statistic wise like how how popular something is so i really
1: think they these the, the 316 shirts transcended just wrestling i really think it was like oh, an absolutely. iconic thing like i i wasn't into wrestling back in the day but i have you know everybody knows of those shirts i mean that's uh I think it was just, Absolutely. It just transcended the the sport, if you will, <clears throat> the ring. So, um, so yeah. So Austin
2: at this time now is um, he's getting into this uh, this more controversial character. He's the king of the ring, so he's actually in a pretty prominent spot now. He's uh, he's no longer kind of a uh, like what they would call like a mid card guy. He's he's starting to really draw a lot of attention. And, um, in and, and him bringing this attitude to to the, to a bigger audience is leading to a lot more controversy that the WWF is willing to try. Um, and this next clip here is, um, well, we're going to watch it and I kind of want to just get your raw uh, take on it, Steve. Pun intended. But, kind of. um, absolutely pun intended, but, um, this is, um, this is an angle that takes place on Monday Night Raw. This is all live. And it's between Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin and his uh, um, ex-tag team partner, very good friend, Brian Pillman. Okay. And they're, they're in a little bit of a feud. Stone Cold has broken his leg. And Stone Cold is heading to Brian Pillman's house um, to go fight him. And, um, you know, I just, as we're watching these, I just really want you to remember that this is a show that is being catered towards probably eight to 10 year olds. Okay. So just with that in mind, um, I'm going to play this clip here. And Brian,
1: we heard earlier that, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin could be on his way to your home here tonight. Look at those melons. Uh, I, yeah, I actually Brian, if Pil- if I so Brian Pilman it, actually it, died uh, very have, prematurely in 1997, that, I believe. Yeah, of course. Have, um, uh, yeah.
0: Mr. Austin circling the neighborhood, and I just wonder whether or not, from your standpoint, uh, Mr. Pillman, if you can hear me, it seems to me that considering your vulnerability with your wife, Melanie, and well, Steve Austin's very vulnerable as well. I I, I did not expect that voice. He sounds like Steve Austin. better than anybody. Kind of. His strengths, his weaknesses, and certainly his fears. Notwithstanding your bravado, do you feel feel like you're a
1: hostage in your own home tonight?
0: (laughs) Steve! Is a dead man walking. Because Easy, when Steve. Austin oh, 316 meets Pillman, Oh my god. Not
2: Whoa! Pillman,
0: oh my god. I'm his he's, he's out straight there, to hell.
3: He's
2: okay. out So remember, we're well, this is a children's program. Right. And um at the time, you know, wrestling is be, being presented as uh live. Like this is uh you know, it's being presented as something that's uh not staged, if that makes sense. I mean, obviously, we know that wrestling is staged, but um, sure. it's a uh, it, it's being it's it, there's definitely like a realism factor here that is uh, that hasn't really been seen in wrestling before. Um, so here's the next part of the clip here.
0: I'm Brian
2: Kevin. Oh, come on, Vince! All right, we heard Stone Cold Steve Austin outside. He's been making his way around all the
1: way to the back of the house, screaming and yelling. Pilman's got this shoot. pistol out, and I don't know what the hell is going on here. This is ridiculous. Pilman's got this. Um, what the? What the hell is that?
2: Stone Cold oh, is please. busting through the glass window, letting himself in the front that's door awesome. with a baseball bat. Watch back. out, the man's strapped. <laughs> Okay, so so Austin comes in with the baseball bat. Um, it cuts to Pillman real quick. He ha- he's standing up with the gun pointed right at Austin. Um, the camera then immediately cuts out. So conveniently, it, it, yeah, conveniently. Um, we then so and then during this too. So remember, Steve, while this is happening, like. These are like seg like television segments in between wrestling matches. sure. So there is actual wrestling matches going on on Monday Night Raw and they keep like taking us back to Brian Pillman's home um, in like uh, rural or uh, suburban Cincinnati. So they keep cutting back to this almost like it's a news segment. Um, so and this is the this is the final clip here that um really really takes it over the edge and i'm going to at the very end if you listen closely you can actually hear pillman um drop uh some bitches on live tv and a couple of uh, fucks on live tv oh my god um so again about. this is a t- this is for 10 year olds but
1: can you hear me do you know where austin is i do is? not
2: know where steve austin what is what was more he damage saw the gun
1: was he more saw damage the gun
0: and he left. oh my god he's back
1: he's back
0: There's a son of a bitch. Let Let him go. Him go. Yeah. And right here. the police All
2: right. He says, <laughs> "Get the hell out of the fucking
0: right. get get him way." Him out
1: Grab him, Kevin. Him work. Grab the
0: gun. Let him go. Oh
1: I'm sure if Grab you're the an eight to ten year old, you're living this shit. You're like, you're loving it, and you're like, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was very mixed. I mean, I don't really know what kids thought of it, but I can tell you what parents thought of it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Probably um, weren't too
2: grand on it, weren't too keen on it. So it's very notorious because there's actually recorded 911 calls oh. to the Cincinnati Police Department about the incident um, during this because as you can hear, I think at one point you actually even hear the announcers yelling, call the cops, call yeah, the I cops. Saw, I heard that. And, um, there were actually, Brian Pillman lived in, uh, just over the bridge in Cincinnati and Kentucky. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Metro Cincinnati area. I've Steve. driven
1: through it many times,
2: but, um, the Kentucky side, uh, you know, it's, it's still considered, um, actual Cincinnati, uh, suburb. And, uh, some of the neighbors were actually watching this and called the
1: cops. Right. Cause um, they're like, we're well, right you, here. May- we can, you know, we can do yeah.
2: it. I mean, maybe not the next door neighbors, but maybe, you know, people, a couple houses down. So people were calling the cops <laughs> and, um, the, this actually was taking place, um, on like a sound stage. I don't even know if they were in Cincinnati when they filmed that. <laughs> so, um, a bunch of false calls went out to the cops and, uh, just the whole... I mean, it's its its infamous now. It, the whole segment has been um, referred to as the Pillman's Got a Gun segment. Um, it's, uh, it's one of the kind of pillars of wrestling controversy <laughs> that lives on to this day. Sure. Um, but, you know, more importantly, it really... This is what a lot of people point to as this is when the Attitude Era really started. Um, this is when they... I think the WWF, Vince McMahon, started seeing controversy as money.
1: Ah, okay. Basically um, just if that makes yeah, sense. yeah, capitalizing on it's kinda like how anger these days gets clicks and all that. So it's very similar. Yes. Okay.
2: So it's like if we can you know, if, if we can have the newspapers writing about us, even if it's bad, um, that's good. So um and then the last thing before we kind of get into this, um, before we get into this match, is uh, I wanted the next very next week on Raw, we actually get this here. You finally get the iconic Stone Cold glass break, of course. So I, this is the so after the Pillman has a gun incident, Stone Cold finally gets the the iconic guitar riff glass break. It's like the final. Piece of Stone Cold, so it took about six months, you know. Sure, yeah, I was, I was gonna kinda say, truly his, get here
1: His rise from you know the the ringmaster to like Stone Cold at his peak seemed to be really quick.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A meteoric rise. I mean, because they say because Stone Cold is a you know he's a he's a great wrestler. He's a great talker. So it, it was a matter. I mean, he was gonna blow up. It was just a matter of when and. You know if he had probably come in with uh, different circumstances and had a different you know i think it i think it maybe took him having a bad character to get a little pissed off to get you know to get where he needed to go but um but and, and then i I'm kind of leaving some stuff out too there is some behind the scenes stuff that also helped austin um really get catapulted to the stardom he's at um one of the big ones being is that triple h Um, had a famous incident uh, with some of the WCW personnel, and uh, Triple H was supposed to win that King of the Ring title that Austin ended up doing the promo at. Sure. So Triple H messes up. He he does this. uh, He does like a high five with Diesel and uh, Razor Ramon back in like May. He gets like suspended for doing this. It's a it's it's a whole thing. I I want to get into it too much, but anyways, Triple H was supposed to have the spoon in his mouth and go on to WrestleMania and do all this, but because he fucked up, Austin actually gets bumped up because he's the next man in line. So it's it's pretty much Austin also, um, rising to the occasion um, when when the when the company looks to him to uh, to really. Uh, Step it up. So, I mean, it—he he totally knocks it out of the park. Makes sense. So, yeah. I know what you're thinking. Um, this isn't just a Stone Cold show. We're also talking about Bret Hart here, who is going to be the, um, the 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 they're they're gonna going to be going at each other at WrestleMania. So, Bret Hart and Stone Cold's feud begins around the time of the Pillman has a gun incident. Um, and they have a slew of matches that pretty much wrap up 96 and then head into early 1997. Um, the first one being Survivor Series 1996. Austin loses to uh, Bret Hart. This is a number one contender match for the um, uh, for the heavyweight title. But um, this next clip is probably the most... Uh, Controversial uh, piece that really sets the Austin um, Bret Hart feud in motion. Um, So, this is from Royal Rumble Mm -hmm. 1997. So, this is about maybe two months before the match, the the main event match we're going to be covering today.
0: Um, and
2: you're familiar with Royal Rumble rules, right, Steve? Yes. You yes, go over the top rope, you're eliminated. Yep, I think you So got to watch yeah. what happens here.
1: Bret Hart has eliminated Stone Cold. I'm going to assume something does not, you know, it, something still happens here. No, yep. Because
2: look, there's no refs in the ring. They're actually out there um, throwing Terry Funk out, uh, Blade oh. Job. That's right, you know, Terry. Fuck yeah! Legacy yeah, they didn't, so they didn't see it
1: happen. So they're gonna, they're just gonna <laughs> they didn't, well, they see, they didn't it happen, see it happen. And happen and here comes know.
2: Stone Cold throwing Bret Hart out, uh, and they're now I'm saying Stone here. Cold has won the Royal Rumble. Interesting. Even though he was uh, already eliminated, but it wasn't seen. So this is really kicking off the Stone Cold Bret Hart feud. Um, pretty hardcore. Um, you see Brett getting in the ring here. Um, he's saying that he threw him out, and uh, you know he's putting his hands on the ref as one. But uh, yeah, Stone Stone Cold actually goes down as the winner of this match. I mean, there's no reviews in wrestling,
1: right? I you know, mean, this isn't football. Like you know, as, as a Stone Cold fan in the audience, you got to be thinking like, on one hand, he didn't really win, but on the other hand, yeah, it's Steve Austin, it's who I want. It's got to be complicated yeah. feelings up there.
2: And this is another instance again, like that's something that you know, like a heel does. That's a total heel move. That's like a Ric Flair move, you know, to uh,
1: sells man
2: to to get to get thrown out and then to come back in and eliminate the um, the babyface. And, and I should mention that Bret Hart at this point is, um, he was kind of the the big babyface. Um, he's starting to turn, and we'll get into that a little bit, but. Um, Bret Hart is still kind of the the good guy, so um, I think you know they're wanting Stone Cold to get booed. But the thing is, is Stone Cold's just too damn cool. Who's no one's gonna boo him? Everybody keeps cheering for him. Untouchable. So, so the next uh, the next what they end up actually doing is uh, instead of having it be a um, in, instead of having them. Completely toss the match out. They end up doing what they call a final four in your house final four. So it's a fatal four way match with, um, I think it's Bret Hart, Undertaker, Stone Cold, and maybe Vader. Um, and so that this is kind of like how they're going to make it up to Bret Hart, who really should have won that match. And um, and and he actually he Bret Hart does. Capture the championship at this fatal four way match. So, that
1: kind of redeems himself, um, right? Or he kind
2: of redeems him. himself about a, a month later. But the very next night on Monday Night Raw, uh, uh, Hart is having a, a match with Psycho Sid, and uh, Austin interferes, and Bret Hart loses the title. So, he had a, like a one day title reign. And that is pretty much what leads up to our main event here at WrestleMania.
1: So, how you doing, Steve? you keeping up? I'm keeping up, yeah, it's a lot to take in, but that's it that's is a how lot to take in. Right I mean
2: here. we pretty much covered all of nineteen ninety six stone cold Steve Austin there um in about you know I don't know a half hour so we uh there there's a lot that happens, but it's pretty much you you get the gist of it. He comes in as this uh lackluster character he he takes the reins, takes the bull by the horns. Creates the Stone Cold character. He's still kind of a heel, but um, the fans love him. And then, like I was saying, Bret Hart is kind of the babyface. But you, as you're seeing, like he's starting to kind of have this more like whiny persona. He's complaining about everything. It's a lot of like that wasn't fair. Well, we do not want that. You know, you know that the, persona, right? So, and that's that's also going to become very important in this match because um, things are going to change towards the end here but between who's the heel and who's the baby face. So, um, without further ado, I mean, I'm not going to get super into WrestleMania 13. Um, like I said, I want to keep this like a super stone cold show. So, I'm not going to get into all the other matches that took place here. But um, I do want to uh, play this um, little clip here before the... Um, before the Bret Hart Stone Cold match, that kind of uh, explains what's uh, what's exactly happening, and how we how we got to this point where we're at today, why we're having a submission match and whatnot. So, without further ado, WrestleMania 13. Here we go.
1: Which which WrestleMania are we on now? We are on 30 uh, something. Okay. Maybe 35
2: or 36.
1: Imagine, for over a decade, you fought to reach the pinnacle of your profession. Sweat and this is '97, right? Fans, friends, yeah. This is '97. Yeah. These people are away. have no idea turn, what's coming later, in terms of World War insane. II, Steven Spielberg I've
0: been screwed movies. By Michaels, the it's true. So you see, he's no kind of
1: complaining a lot. There's yeah, kind of yeah. it's all about wrestling him. Wrestling yeah. He's making it yeah. all about him. I've been screwed. I'm
0: there is no respect. Everybody in that <laughs> dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Even your fans have changed. At the heart yeah, of the you not a Yeah, even if you, if you come off as like a whiny person, a even if you try, try to be, be like a madass ass and as quite land.
2: He gay, And
1: then Stone Cold's calling him out on his bullshit. I can see why people side with him. Yeah. Yeah, I so love you the see genius. Steve Austin now, he he has the his iconic man, he vest. He always was black, he's right? He's all black. Yep, clothing. Black. Day, black. He's got the hoop my earring, the gold my chain. Real, yeah, the hoop. That, does he wear the hoop, hoop earring in the ring? I don't think so, always. Yeah, that's going to be dangerous, man. One ball swoop has finally caused you Who's half your ear?
2: So you could kind of start to nah, see the, the seeds thing, of the Bret Hart you, heel turn
1: here. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a heel turn, but like, I would consider it a good kind of heel. I mean, no. yeah, it becomes a heel, but if you go into it from being, you know, whiny and slimy, they say then your ego it's your enemy. not quite as charming. Oh, yeah. There's only one solution. To awaken from this nightmare, you must defeat him. No, to regain it. your life and resume your legacy, you must Hold make him beg for mercy.
2: As you so the will As you're seeing bones. here So Bret Hart's but Finishing move Is the sharpshooter Submission wins. move What becomes a Bret That right. hit man Hart, So then. They're doing these uh, They're doing this Submission uh, Match um, it's, it's mainly To kind of Stack the deck at, You know For Bret Hart Because he's been Kind of complaining And stuff um, And you're seeing here They're bringing out Ken Shamrock Do you know who this is Steve? No Ken Shamrock So he's a He's an OG UFC guy, '90s UFC. Um, so he knows his submissions.
1: Sure, And he's also yeah. Um, he clearly is is experienced seeing that body. He yeah, like, that guy's arms are bigger than I am, and I'm a I'm a big guy. Yeah.
2: So Ken Shamrock is the special guest ref here. He would actually become a pretty big mainstay in the '90s or in the Attitude Era. He would actually become a wrestler. But this is kind of his first big appearance.
1: Oh, but. okay. So, the, okay. So this is before that he actually like yeah. beat Russell. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Okay. So, right. look at this glass shatter here, Steve. How badass is this ste- Stone Cold coming out? Just love it. Much I mean, deserved like, for him. Sugar glass explosion. I don't know what that effect's called, but Stone Cold's coming out pissed.
1: Austin awesome, four twenty. Love it. Some things never change.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's getting so much love right now, so he is, uh... He, not everybody, it's, it's, look it's, at that.
1: Follow your
2: heart. No, yeah, not everybody. But that's the thing, it's like, so the, so the fans love Stone Cold. Look, Hitman But Stone Cold's character doesn't give a shit about his fans. Sure. You know what I mean? It's implied, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I understand I'm famous and everyone everyone loves me. Yeah. I don't give a
3: shit. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, he, 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 Stone Cold yeah. is like the king of like not giving a shit. You gotta respect that which makes you cool right, right by default <laughs> all the cool kids <laughs> like don't just, give a shit yeah if the cool kids they you know they don't you know they don't care if you like them or not they're just cool so this is this is about this is probably um like i said we got the the look we got the music for stone cold holy
1: shit the light yeah, there. Brett's
2: so, coming out here. Like I said, he is the baby face. And, you know, Brett is, you know, regarded as one of the best wrestlers of this time. I mean, he's up there with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Hmm.
1: Okay. So, um, here he comes. Ooh, I like I like everything he's got. I like the, the jacket. I like the glasses or the sunglasses, as yeah. I want to call them. Those yeah, he, cool he rocks shades. that black and pink. And yeah, he makes it work. It looks cool. I like how these guys already come out already just, like, caked in sweat. I love that.
2: <laughs> so, see, you see, the kids are kind of a lot more into Bret Hart. <laughs> huh. the, the, the teenagers and adults seem a lot more into Stone Cold. The,
1: the cool kids, right? The cool kids don't give a shit. They, yeah. they gravitate towards Stone Cold.
2: <laughs> and there he goes. He puts the sunglasses on the little kid... Um, so you kind of, you, know, you kind of, of yeah, you could kind of look at this. Oh, Stone Cold tackles him right away. Love you kind of look point. at this as like the old Kitty era of WWF versus the the newer, edgier WWF era that's rearing its head.
1: Austin, so, yeah, that makes sense. And that's the only- I do like how Stone Cold just dives right in, pun intended.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so like I'm saying, so, you know, so this is a submission match, but um, I-, I think you're gonna really enjoy it because I mean, these two are, you know, two of the best to ever really wrestle. So, um, it's not gonna be a is a maybe boring as a submission match <laughs> sounds on paper. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not like we're gonna be watching like an Olympic wrestling match here. Clearly,
1: yeah, I, hearts pink works for him. That makes you know that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, so um, I'll get into it at the end, but um, there's a, a movie Wrestling with Shadows that that pretty much chronicles Bret Hart's uh, this time in Bret Hart's career behind the scenes. Oh. Um, okay. we we'll get we can get it. I'll get into it more in the aftermath of this match, but um, but yeah, they're doing uh, they're they're getting in the crowd here right away, which is uh, pretty fun stuff
1: you got to make it like that oh. so it sells more tickets and it works. I
2: should also mention, Steve, at this time, you know, like I've been saying this whole um, episode, you know, this is a more kid-friendly kid era of WWF, so, um, blade jobs are prohibited.
1: Wow, okay.
2: But, um... We're covering on the show, so something's gonna happen.
1: Right. I was gonna say Um, it's possible that may be ignored, perhaps.
2: It's it's definitely ignored, and there is um, repercussion. But I mean, you you you'll be the judge by the match. I mean, it 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 goes it goes so well that um, kind of all is
1: forgiven. But right. Well, again, it's Stone Cold, so yeah. Given the context of the of the bout, and I keep saying bout. It's not right. It's uh, I guess fight, no, right? It's a... Bout Bout's match. More fight. Bout's more for boxing. I think boxing match is better. Yeah.
2: But um, yeah, blading is prohibited here. And you know what's crazy too is this is not even the main event of this pay per view. No. This is right in the middle of the card.
1: Oh wow. Okay.
2: So um, these are these guys are stealing the show. Um, for what's to come, which I think is Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid is the main event for this. But
1: alright um, you put these guys together, and you know, of course, they're gonna yeah. steal the spotlight. I'm surprised they would do that. But I,
2: I mean, so this works. is uh, this this is regarded as one of the the best uh, WrestleMania matches. Well, it's ever. all about
1: pacing, right? I mean, if you get something like this yes. exciting halfway, people are gonna stick around and watch more. I guess if you're paying for, it, you're yeah. gonna watch the whole thing regardless. But like, you know, it keeps up the it's pace not what of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's not what you would call like a popcorn match, or or a bathroom match. Where like, you know, you go to these live shows, you know, they're they're two hours long, two and a half hours long. Um, You know, sometimes a match comes on, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go take a piss during this one. Sure. Yeah, I call uh, that.
1: If I'm watching the Oscars, that's like the 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 mini the documentary shorts, the bathroom, you know, hair and makeup exactly. bathroom, Bathroom awards. Yeah.
2: So Austin and Brett here are still going throughout the crowd. Um, I mean, it's this is pretty much the opposite of a submission match at the moment.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Um, there hasn't been a single, you know, like, pressure hold put on or anything. It's been pretty much a brawl. How
1: it well, yeah, they um, spent way more yeah. time in the crowd than they have, like, anywhere near Everybody the actual running. ring. And the and
2: stone. Yeah. And oh, Steve's shit. throwing Brett way hard into those steps that was um, nice
1: I like that move the whole yeah. thing
2: hell oh, yeah And Stone Cold's finally getting in the ring here this is the first time he's been in the ring since he tackled Brett the first yeah, five seconds of the match it. actually I take that back he's not even getting in the ring oh Austin throwing the iconic double bird
1: a of kids um, of kids, uh, kids focus thing. <laughs> to be clear I love that you know
2: no, yeah. I mean, that's that's also part of his character that's starting to really pick up.
1: Well, if you're like a, if you're like a 13-year-old watching this, it's like, "Hell yeah, I feel like I shouldn't be be, be able to watch yeah. this," right?
2: Yeah. and I think that's a big thing is that, you know, a lot of these kids grew up, you know, maybe there maybe you know, there's some kids who are watching this who are probably, you know, yeah, 5, 6, 7, 8, but there's a lot of kids who probably grew up in the Hogan era who are now 12, 11, 13. Um, who are, you know, they're teenagers. They want to see more of this stuff. They don't want to see, uh, the kitty shit anymore. Right. So I think they really grew up with that era of, of fans. Who were, you know, turning into teenagers at this time.
1: Can't get over how, in so the fire- same year, these people are about to go see the, one of the greatest movies of all time. Is that, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Okay.
2: Ooh. Well, when when did that come out? That come out before March twenty third? Oh yeah, I think
1: it was like a summer slash fall.
2: Okay, so they're 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 not they they might have had a Super Bowl teaser. Exactly. No, probably not back then. They're probably
1: thinking about it. It's on the back of their mind.
2: So Bret Hart's starting to lay some offense in here. They're in the ring, um, which you know you would think would favor Bret Hart. He's a little bit more uh, technical of a wrestler. And he's starting to work on Austin's leg. So you know, Austin's pretty much known for having these big, bulky knee braces his whole career. Um, even back here, like he has this big, bulky knee brace. Um, and uh, Hart's kind of exploiting that and really going after the um, weakened knee. But um, so are you are, are you familiar with the Montreal Screwjob, Steve? No. Okay. Well, we'll 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 hit on it at the very end. That's kind of an aftermath thing with Bret Hart. That um, <laughs> I mean, there's a that's a whole nother, there's a whole podcast series based on just that one event. So, wow. we're gonna do a very high level skim of it. it
1: mention, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say it seems gets kind of hard to just, to see who's like winning this right now, you know, who's leading.
2: Uh so I think Brett's winning a little bit just cuz Stone he's going after that leg and Stone Cold's obviously having a hard time even getting to his feet
1: here. Right. Oh, nice sweep. But um cuz well, it, it started off so, you know, Stone Cold heavy, Oh yeah, right. It, it was leaning more for him, but oh damn.
2: Yeah, so Stone Cold took him to the audience and was, you know, laying in the punches. Oh, and Stunner there!
1: That's a classic. I like a good Stunner. Very, I'm a fan. Yeah.
2: It's great. And so at this time, I think Stone Cold actually had a submission move too, which I think lends itself to this submission match. I uh, it was called like the Million Dollar Hold or something. Like he still, he still has these bits and pieces of when he was the ringmaster. So it's just a very interesting time. Yeah, he leg sweep again there. Yeah, exactly.
1: Damn, this guy's leg's getting fucked up, man.
2: So Stone Cold's getting this leg work because Bret Hart's finisher is the sharpshooter, which is a, a leg submission here. And watch this, watch this figure four, Steve. That Whoa. Figure figure four on the post like that. That'll mess you up no matter who you are. That's crazy. Yeah, especially if you've had that knee uh, knee kicked in for about five minutes there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was limping beforehand. It's nuts, man. Yeah.
2: So I think we're heading into the point here where um, we're gonna get some gore. Oh. And I my know, God. And, and and I mean, and Steve, you know this. This I mean it's it's not just a uh, blade job that's infamous for uh, because it was banned you know where like it's it's not going to be like a trickle of blood um, we're talking almost
1: a full muda
2: here okay from stone cold
1: I'm liking this cm yeah, yeah. you know if you catch my drift
2: So Brett's heart's grabbing some weapons yeah He's grabbing some chairs he uh, grabbed the ring bell I do love a good chair shot.
1: What do you
2: mean it's legal? I know what he's gonna do. He's gonna put it on his ankle. And here you can there so Oh boy. It, there's it's not a no D Q match, but the ref's kinda letting anything go.
1: Yeah. Well yeah, Shamrock I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yes. Also you know, it's also the day before St. Paddy's Day, so uh Shamrock is another little uh, I guess Easter egg for you yeah. listeners at home.
1: Oh a big
2: chair shot there
1: from Austin. Now, do they ban chair shots nowadays? With- they or, did.
2: That's a that's a post Benoit thing, though. Okay. Yeah, that that wouldn't come till like 2007. So another 10 years of chair shots to the head.
1: Probably a good decision at the end. You know, yeah, like if you at the have- end of the day.
2: If you ever got if you ever got around to watching Beyond the Mat, you'd see the the McFoley <laughs> Rock match. If it wasn't that, um, if it was streaming
1: on Netflix again, like it was, and then I finally go to see it. It's fucking long gone.
2: There's something about the behind the scenes after McFoley takes like literally fifty chair shots. It's it's hard to watch.
3: <laughs>
2: um, just seeing him like mumble backstage like it really shows how fucked up some of that was.
1: Yeah. Good throw. Oh, my God. Yeah, those chair shots. It's kind of hard to fake those, you know?
2: Yeah, and in the Mick Foley match with Rock, Mick Foley's handcuffed the whole time.
1: Oh, my God. Good move. So,
2: Austin throws the fingers again. He jumps. The thing – so, I mean, let me know what you think, Steve, but I think the thing with Austin is that is so fascinating to me is that he is – his move set, like, is very basic. Sure. Oh, and here we have a little girl here who's, uh, you know, clearly a Bret Hart fan who's uh, in <laughs> tears because Bret Hart's getting his ass kicked.
1: His nuts um, literally.
2: <laughs> you know, I think that's a big testament to the, you know, WWF production team where they're really trying to tell, they're really trying to make you think that Bret Hart's the baby face here. Um, even though he's been whining, they're really trying to paint the picture that the kids love him. But, um, but like I was saying, like, I feel like Stone Cold's moveset is, like, not the most interesting. It's a lot of punches, it's a lot of just, like, elbow drops.
1: Yeah. But he just makes
2: it work so well.
1: Elbow drops are, you know, they're famous for a reason.
2: So this okay. old man they're showing here is Bret Hart's
1: dad. Okay, I was like, who? <laughs> he's got to be something, <laughs> someone famous. this wrestling legend,
2: Stu Hart. Okay, watching his um, son. And so this upgraded. is this is Bret Hart's finisher. Stone Cold is putting Bret Hart's finisher on himself right oh, here. Oh man, the disrespect. A lot of disrespect. And you can see Stone Cold's cranking it in. Oh yeah, he's, it's like Hulkamania, but not. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's Bret Hart's hold, so
1: he probably knows his way out of it. You would hope. (laughs) You would hope. He's like, I'll never be a victim of this. I don't need to strategize at all.
2: So Bret Hart got the rope break there.
1: Shamrock broke it up. Shamrock could easily break both of these guys in half. Shamrock is a specimen. Oh, yeah. Have you ever watched old UFC, Steve? It's very interesting. No. The C part of UFC, Shamler?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like an like one of the first UFC champions. Did I just miss
1: you mentioning that?
2: Uh, yeah, it's yeah. You mean, I've mentioned it right after that, but it's okay. Clearly, I just missed um, the shit
1: out of that one.
2: It's weird because you'd have guys in like um like wrestling gear, like you know, like a unitard, like yeah. a college wrestler, and then you'd have them like fighting a guy in like a like a gi, like in a. <laughs> You know, like a Taekwondo yeah. or, like, a jujitsu jitsu Gi. And they didn't really mix styles as much back then. It was, It's very interesting.
1: It's hard to tell. I mean, they just keep going from, you know, I'm thinking of, like, who's clearly winning this, and they just keep slip-swapping.
2: Yeah. I mean, Stone Cold was getting that ass beat, exactly. and now Brett's getting that ass beat. Um, they're both headed outside the ring here. So watch this when Brett throws him here.
1: Oh, so Stone Cold goes right into this cage. Okay, some some kid right there is getting the front you know front row seat of that blade. <laughs> so
2: he's getting hit here. He's getting hit, and um, I don't know if he's busted open quite yet.
1: Oh yeah he is. There he is. The beauty the beauty of him getting busted up is that he's bald, so you really can't hide it anyway.
2: No. So you wanna know the crazy thing, Steve? Oh man. Austin Austin didn't blade. Bret wow. Hart bladed Austin.
1: Oh my god. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so um You
2: gotta have some trust for that. Exactly. I mean that's that's a, that's some trust. So and um, and we don't have the audio super loud for this right now. But if you were actually listening, or if you're watching this on your own, I mean, you can actually hear Vince McMahon apologizing for the blood quite a bit here. Oh, really? because um, like I like I yeah, said, this is hold. this is still uh, kitty time. You know, this is this is yeah. PG. This is you know
1: the funny thing is like you know if you're a kid watching this it's the best day of your life right i mean
2: oh my god yeah, to, especially you, if you're in that fifth grade yeah range. like
1: like your mom says oh you can watch it. it's not a big deal and then you watch this and your mom's thinking oh shit but you're like okay
2: yeah so he's uh it's dripping it's really coming out yeah it's fantastic So yeah, but so the submission match. So yeah, the only way to win this is to put your opponent in the submission and they have to tap out. Sure, um, absolutely. There's no pins. Uh, so just keep that in mind because that's a uh, it's going to be important. But yeah, this is a, this is pretty much. I mean, Stone Cold is uh, is a made
1: man right now. I mean, he's me. If he wasn't cool already. This is where he becomes the Iceman for real.
2: <laughs> he really. I mean, Brett got him good. I mean, it is pouring out. It's kind of above his uh, uh, left temple, left eyebrow. Oh
1: no, here comes a freaking um, chair again, man. Only a coward would use a chair. <laughs> oh, well. And you see him, he's going for that knee again. Oh yeah. Do you think his knee's actually messed up, or is it just all there it, for to? No, I
2: think his I I think his knee is pretty messed up. Um, so look at just look at the ring. I mean, it looks. Yeah. I mean, we're used to rings looking like that on the matches we cover here, but for 1997, this was a. This was un,
1: unheard of to have a match this bloody. It's crazy that a year from now, in this in this show, a year from now, something called Pocket Monsters would come over to America and completely take over the country. The Japanese invasion. That's right. Of uh, things would of, never of, be the same. Years. That and Beanie Babies. I, I mean, Beanie Babies are very much a thing right now. In this. But I mean, it's. I mean, speaking
2: of that, I mean, a year after this too. I mean, we're gonna have blade jobs in every single match. We're gonna have um, people swearing on TV. We're gonna have uh, sex angles. So I mean, a lot changes in this 1997 to
1: 1998. Who was it that went into the guy's? Uh, was it his like wife's casket? I remember. I forgot. We've talked about that a long time ago. Oh, that ago. was
2: Triple H and uh, Triple H right. and Kane.
1: That's right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, hardcore. Yeah, we're
2: Triple H, uh, Katie Vick. I think we talked about that in, uh, the last, uh, on the last Elimination Chamber episode, because that was part of the Triple H-Kane feud at the time.
1: That was hardcore.
2: That was fucked up. I mean, I think that WWF has scrubbed that. So we have a bloody Austin here getting Brett in the corner, stomping his ass, giving him the yeah, flip, giving
1: cool. him the flip, Shamrock, he, he's looking fabulous as he, he do- I don't know what he's trying to do, but he's, uh, he's nailing these poses,
2: I, I think he's, uh, hes I think he's just posing to pose, to be honest,
1: hey, if you, if, I mean, you know, go off, shit.
2: but yeah, Stone Cold, I mean, for having no hair, you know, he's a bloody mess, Oh, I mean when you have the guys yes. like Flair oh yeah big suplex there off the rope. But when you have the guys like Flare and Funk and the blood stays in their hair, but this this yeah. blood is just like caked on I mean with crimson mask here. It is from stone a, cold. It
1: is a quintessential crimson mask. For our pleasure.
0: Oh yeah. And Bret Hart so Austin's taking him back outside the
2: ring again. Um, he's getting some, uh, one of the power cables. So they explain this at the beginning of the match, like it's a submission match, but like it's also kind of like a no DQ match. So you can kind of do shit like
1: this. I was gonna say nothing seems to be. Oh wow, he's just gonna choke this guy out.
3: Yeah,
2: so he's got him pretty much hung up in the. I guess that caught up technically... in the cords. <laughs> Bret Hart with the Chekhov's ring bell that he brought into the ring wow. ten minutes ago.
1: That's <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of blood.
2: I, I think that's my favorite running bit now is the the Chekhov's gun, but with just like wrestling <laughs> weapons. Yeah, man, that
1: they throw into the ring. It's real.
2: So, Brett now has Austin in the sharpshooter. He's been sure. working that knee all night. The, some of these shots, Steve, are the most iconic of Steve Austin, where he's getting um, submitted here, and he's shaking his head no, and he's covered in blood, screaming.
1: That's a great shot right there of him yelling. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, these the cameraman, the guys in the truck running this, I mean, hell of a job. Right. I
1: mean, this is. Arms. Shamrock, I cannot get over Shamrock's arms. They are <laughs> massive. Massive. Those are some of the biggest arms I've ever seen in my life from a non bodybuilder.
2: They're big. So you see Stone Cold here. He's actually passing out. He's, he's, he's starting to lose a lot of blood. He's getting locked in. Great shot, man. And this shot here.
1: Fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic.
2: And he broke out of the sharpshooter. Wow. You know, you can tell here the crowd is officially now pulling for Steve Austin.
1: The the shift in dynamic there, yeah. Yeah.
2: So Austin still got it locked in. He broke the hold for a little bit there, but he's still... He's still getting that knee cranked, and uh,
1: Shamrock is checking up? to see if Steve gives up. Shamrock's out? like, dude, tag me in, I'll lay him out in and a he's, second. And he's stopping the match. Wow. So, Austin
2: did not quit, but he got knocked out. He passed out from blood loss.
1: Which is actually better anyway.
2: And look at everybody in the crowd, middle fingers all for Brett, People booing, um, except for that one kid. Except for that one kid. But Austin is officially now the uh, Austin's babyface. He's he that that solidified him as a super babyface. He didn't quit.
3: Underdog,
2: and uh, yeah, that's
1: fantastic.
2: I mean, he's he's a bloody mess. Yeah, and like I said, you just heard Jim Ross yell, yeah, it's going to be a tough act to follow. We still have... Uh,
1: we still have, like, three or four more matches after this. <laughs> so, Apparently, Bret Hart interrupts the main event. I saw down there, so there you go.
2: Yeah, so Bret Hart will get into the main event and, and say some shit, but um, you're seeing the fans start to turn on Bret here, and... Um, It it really is solidifying the Brett heel turn, which uh, he does now. He he starts beating the shit out of an uh, unconscious Austin.
1: Magnificent. Yeah.
2: So that's a double, that's what they call a double turn, Steve.
1: Where? quick succession. Look at all that blood, man. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, and Shamrock doing a suplex on, on Hart there.
1: How are you about to go up against Shamrock? That dude looks—it looks like in SpongeBob yeah. where he gets the blow-up arms. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Just give. So up, the double—the
2: double turn is where, yeah, Stone Cold comes in as the heel, Bret Hart comes in as the baby face, and by the end of the match, Bret Hart's the heel and Stone Cold is the baby face. So you love to see it happen.
1: Phenomenal.
2: Listen to those boos.
1: That's a heel of five or so something. I
2: mean yeah and you know he's been whining he's pissed so um oh he got he got a high five from some kid oh but he's also flicking off some dudes
1: damn everyone's pissed I gotta tell you if you can you van for a second this beer's running right through me I'll be right back I'm dying of course so right
2: so Bret Hart here is headed back into the locker room stone cold is he's back conscious but he's completely completely bloody Um, just caked in blood. But then we have Stone Cold doing Stone Cold how he does it best. Giving the ref a stunner, and he's hobbling around on one leg. Um, he just lost the match technically, but, um, we'll get into it. Like, he he does come back and have some, uh, he does have his comeuppance. But, uh, but uh, Stone Cold is a total, uh, bonafide star at this point the crowd is cheering him you can hear vince even like starting to buy into it too i mean vince obviously is behind all this so he knows that they're trying to make stone cold the 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 king here but um i think that everybody in the audience knows that it's it's all stone cold from
1: here on out Stone Cold just really barely getting out of there alive.
2: You you, you missed it, Steve. As soon as you left, Stone Cold uh, kind of woke up from being knocked out and immediately gave the ref a stunner. And it <laughs> wasn't Shamrock;
1: it was a, a oh, different yeah. ref. You can't give you can't give Shamrock a stunner. was it it's Shamrock? Not no, it was a
2: different ref. They, they, he knocked out this other ref. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, that's a uh, that is like I'm saying that is one of the most famous blade jobs ever i can see um, why for several reasons because a it wasn't allowed at the time b you know it added so much to the match and it solidified uh stone cold as a is a megastar and then uh you know C it it really solidified the bret hart heel turn so and it wasn't it, it even it really, the main event it wasn't even the main event and I don't. I think if you ask most people um, about WrestleMania 13, they won't even know what the main event is. I mean, it's it's Sid and Undertaker, but you know, most people remember this match it was in the, which is in the middle of the card, which says a lot about it. Um, so now for a little bit of aftermath, you know, Stone Cold. Obviously, if you're not drinking a beer by now, go crack one open because he's he's the biggest star the company's ever seen. Um. But for Bret Hart, like I said, Steve, if you haven't seen this, Wrestling with Shadows. Um, it's a behind-the-scenes documentary of Bret Hart. Um, and it pretty much picks up right after this match. And it goes into the um, whole Montreal job and the end of Bret's run in WWF. Um, so the, Mo- the Montreal Screwjob, Steve, in literally a sentence, is... Later on in 1997, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels are in this match, um, world title match. Vince tells Bret, you're going to win the match. You know, it's a pre-planned match. You're going to win the match. He also tells Shawn, hey, you need to pin Bret legit. Um, you need to win the match. So they're, they're going like off script and they're going to, um, force Bret to lose whether he, uh, you know, he, he pretty much they they screw Brett if that makes sense. Sure. Um, I, I, Dark Side of the Ring does a whole episode on this. There's podcasts dedicated to the Montreal Screwjob. I highly recommend looking it up. It's just it's a very important part of wrestling history. But um, unfortunately, there's no blade drops, so I don't know if we'll ever cover it on the show. <laughs> but um, it is just like it's a it's a one of those things where like. Um, real life and wrestling really com- collide um, in, in a way that it hadn't yet. So, But yeah, Wrestling with Shadows covers the entire behind-the-scenes of that. Because um, just as it happened, during all of these matches throughout 97, Brett was just having a um, documentary made about him by a Canadian documentary team. And it just so happened to be the worst year of Bret's, Bret Hart's life. <laughs> so, they capture a lot of
1: shit. Yeah, that's good. Um, It's not streaming anywhere, I checked. Son of a bitch. No,
3: I
2: don't think it is. I have a taped copy of it, and that's how I've watched it, but it's, yeah, I don't, I, it, it, it pops up on Netflix, I feel like, once in a while. I'll keep an eye on it. Um,
1: but, um, thoughts on that match, Steve? I mean, what do you expect, man? It's a good match. It's uh, obviously a historic match, and the fact. I like that you said that a lot of people don't even know remember what the main event was. Um, no, no, I, I feel like I've learned a lot about him. Uh, well, I guess both Bret Hart and Steve Austin for this. So that was a good match. Yeah. I mean, you know, you had me at prohibited blade job. You know, and it still happened. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on, you can't get much yeah, more so... blade job approved than that. There's,
2: there's, you know, I've, I, I was trying to look it up. Like, there's different numbers that they were fined. Um, but there was reportedly fines handed down to Brett and Stone Cold for doing that. I'm sure they're happy to pay it. Um, oh yeah. I mean, the merch sales alone that Stone Cold was getting at this time. Um, yeah. But, um, that's, you know, in a nutshell, we pretty much covered the, uh, the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin there in about an hour and a half. So, uh. That from from there everything else is history. I mean, good crash course. We've covered we've covered Stone Cold matches, you know, from ninety eight, ninety nine, but um, this is where it started. This is where he really got his uh, where he got going, and this match definitely solidified it. Um, but yeah, hell of a match. Absolutely, go check this out. I mean, it's you know it's three sixteen, so you got to watch some Austin stuff today. But, um, so I, I'd highly recommend this if you had never checked it out, but um, there's plenty of others to choose from too. And we'll be covering a lot more Steve Austin because boy, does he have he, he really he really goes a little blade happy in the late 90s. You'd love to hear it, man. You truly love to hear that. Well, let's hit some housekeeping stuff, Steve and uh, wrap this boy up. You got a uh, you're gonna be
1: so you're gonna be doing some more Twitch stuff. Oh yeah, I mean there's no reason not to. You know I'm gonna be watching okay. these things regardless. Why not make an event out of it? Um, and yeah, I'll try to. Well, I won't try. I will make sure I I make the announcement the day prior. I don't let me know if like 9 p.m. is like too late or if you, you know, like if this is something that you like definitely want to join for. Then like I can work with the schedule, right? Like you know if it, I I just sure, chose 9 yeah. p.m. but. If there's, like, someone's like, oh, I I go to bed at 10 or something like that, then, hey, you know, reach <laughs> out. I mean, you know, whatever, it's a little early, but, hey, yeah. reach out and, uh, you know, I can make something happen, you know, as long as we get to hang out. So, keep, you know, Yeah, I'll. I i don't know if it's, I usually make you know, a story on Instagram. I don't know if it's worth, like, make a post about it, but if that's what people see easier, then, hey, I'll do that, too. So.
2: Yeah, both probably doesn't hurt, right. but, yeah, I think it's, uh. Yeah, it's definitely a, a good, a cool way to, yeah. for you to check out new stuff, for people to interact. And, um, I'm going to be trying to do, uh, I'm going to be doing like a movie scavenger hunt next month. Um, so any listeners who want to kind of play along with that, that'll be fun. I'll, I'll probably post that to the story every day. Um, it's going to kind of be like a little Euro trash centric, so. Um, if you're not familiar with a scavenger hunt, uh, tune in, it's just going to be kind of something fun, low effort way to watch some movies. Maybe you, uh, I mean, I'm doing it for myself to watch some movies I haven't seen that, you know, maybe I wouldn't see otherwise, but, um, and you know what, you know, what might be fun, Steve, I'll, I'll talk about this, but maybe during that scavenger hunt, if something is streaming on prime, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll see if I could take the reins for a, yeah. A, a a Twitch stream. I Maybe mean, I'll bring a uh, friend of the show, Cassie, on. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'll we'll I'll, we'll watch some uh some Europe some Italian trash for you guys. I'll teach
1: you how to get set up with it. It's easy. Plus, we already have a Blade Job account, so you can just log into that for sure. But um, yeah, check
2: us out. Instagram again is the most you know best way to reach us, follow us, stay up to date on stuff. And some
1: people do. And thanks for that. You know, it's fun yes, to get some yeah. people responding to what we post and, you know, DMs and, you know, we're, I mean, I, uh, between you and me, I feel like we're always able to pretty quickly respond and chat. Absolutely.
2: Um, Subscribe to the podcast review. If you haven't left a review, Um, you know, all that stuff helps with, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, with our, you know, it just adds, adds an extra couple thousand to our pockets every month. It's just, you know, it's no big deal, but yeah, it
1: helps me pay off the mortgage on this Three four story house and in the Beverly Hills.
2: Um. And lastly, you know, this is kind of an aside, but um, and you know, if any of you are wrestling fans or are keeping up with current wrestling, you know, you've probably heard of this WWE Network peacock migration. Um, I don't know what that's going to mean because I mean, we pretty much base we pretty much get ninety nine percent of our content off of WWE Network. Um, so hopefully this Peacock migration is okay and we can, um, still get to some stuff that we want to watch, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it might also bring some eyes to this stuff. Like if you don't have WWE network or you haven't, uh, thought it's worth your money, you know, maybe the Peacock option will let you go back in the archives and watch some of the watch alongs we've done. So, uh,
1: hopefully it's a a (sighs) win-win. But, um, Peacock, man, it's the only streaming service out there where, like, if you get if you pay for the premium, you still get ads. Granted, it's like five bucks so a I, month, but like Discovery I, Plus is way. It's just crazy to me how they do that. I,
2: I was looking into it, and if you pay, so like right now we're paying the ten dollars for WWE Network, and there there's going to be a ten dollar um, package for Peacock.
1: Is there? That's news and, to me,
2: and it's going to be ad free for certain things. Ugh but i know it's but at least it'll be ad free for like the wwe network stuff that helps, so that way like man. we don't have to go watch you know at least that way we're not watching this match today and we get an ad in the middle of it or something so i think it'll at least be better for the show purposes but it's just
1: crazy cuz like um, discovery plus or something like that right like it has all the TLC. I watch a lot of those shows mm-hmm. like a lot of like I call them mental illness shows where it's like my strange addiction mm-hmm. Ch- extreme G- you know the, the <laughs> you know the interesting crap. And uh man, I I got a free week of Paramount not Paramount Plus uh, of Discovery Plus and I'm just like I'm rolling through episodes of pawn stars and stuff and it's like, I, man, cause it, I I pay extra money to get rid of ads for almost everything I do, except for YouTube. Like, yeah. I told you before we started this recording that I had a month of YouTube premium for free. Mm-hmm. God, man, the no-ads life on YouTube is... It's so great. God damn.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll have to look <laughs> into the Peacock thing. I don't know. It's, like, it's still up in the air. It doesn't go live, I don't think, until, like, the end of April. So, you know, we'll probably have some time to f- figure out the kinks, but... Um... Yeah, uh, you know it'll probably you know, maybe it'll give us some time to cover some other stuff, maybe some TNA or some Jap- Japanese wrestling, or you know I think we're due for a movie episode. Yeah, um, so bear with us, but yeah, I mean I I don't see it being a huge issue um, in the quality of the show, but it's it could be some exciting news for people who are maybe looking for a way to uh, add to the show. So
1: any any way yeah. you guys think you can add to the show, I mean by all means you know reach out to us. Yeah. this is a podcast that you know we've been doing the same thing a lot but at the same time we can you know it's we're always good for new ideas so
2: for the people by the people that's right i think you know i'm gonna say it too before we really wrap this up i mean <clears throat> i think it's one of my favorite episodes we've done i think we did a really i, I really enjoyed doing a deep dive deep dives are fun <clears throat> on stone cold here
1: can't wait for the um, for the, the shamrock deep dive i want to know what the hell that guy's <laughs> story is good god
2: yeah but um but yeah if you guys like these deep dives you know definitely put that in a in a review or something or just let us know just shoot us a a note on instagram love to hear it but um and you can be mean to us yeah. if you want
1: just be like hey yeah, and if you
2: absolutely hate the show let us well, know too nah, i me.
1: mean if you just if you like it but you want to be an asshole it's like let me have it it's like i got thick skin just be like oh man this you, you know you piece of shit but the show's good that's fine by me it's
2: not as thick as Shamrock's skin but it's it's
1: thick <laughs> nothing is as thick as shamrock's arms Kind of obsessed, all right, guys.
2: we'll we'll catch you later. Um, yeah, stay tuned for Steve's Twitch watch alongs, stay tuned for the April Euro Trash movie
1: scavenger hunt, and uh. Keep an eye out for the new episodes. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, I I know we've talked about it, but it would be nice to get a couple of guests every now and then, and we're still working yeah. on that, so keep an eye out for that. We're still in a
2: pandemic, though, know. so, you know, let's hey, we're, we're, you know, you know, not rush to
1: stuff. Yeah. We're reaching, we're, we're getting to the end of it, so...
2: We're getting to the end. But, um, but yeah. Oh, and also, yeah, thanks for all the feedback and stuff on the Blade Job history posts. I know those have been getting some, uh, some love, and, you know, just trying to keep busy, so do it for you guys you know
1: and with that i think we're uh, we'll see you guys later all right catch you later everybody i have to piss again thanks to the beer <laughs> all right bye-bye, bye-bye.